Welcome to a really good podcast with Greg and Liz. And today, Liz, we have a very special, much asked for episode. Yes, much requested. Much requested. Is that? Yeah. Okay. Good word. <laughs> so, so today we're going to be talking about Punky Brewster. This is a big one. Punky Brewster was a sitcom about a charismatic little girl who was abandoned by her mother outside of a grocery store. This is after her father had already walked out on the both of them. She stays in a vacant apartment until being discovered by the apartment building's manager, Henry Warnemont. And they have a difficult relationship at first, but eventually her charm gets to him and he decides he wants to adopt her. And with some pushback from social services, that ends up happening and she lives with him and makes friends in the building and has this great little life. And this sitcom ran from 1980 to 1988. So that's an overview of the show. But the character, Punky, connected so deeply with people. Soleil Moonfry. What a name, by the way. Yeah. She disappeared. The character was bigger than the person. There's examples of this, and some of them are Pee Wee. Mm-hmm. Mr. Bean. So Mr. Bean, when he's in a movie, you say, oh, Mr. Bean's in this. Yeah. Like it's well, that kind of... he was in Serendipity, right? Mr. Bean was in that? Do you see how we're saying so... that? Do you see that's a good, that's a good natural thing? So Lizzie McGuire, Alex Mack, Ernest. Okay. Yeah. Know what I mean? Like that guy? On the outline, you just made a list of people that she was comparable to, and I could not for the life of me figure out how <laughs> these this they, was going to end up fitting. They're, char- they're comparable in that their character became bigger than their personal identity, and there's like so many mental health implications we could talk about there. But I need to mention iCarly, and I need to mention Hannah Montana specifically, because I think as I'm thinking about this, Miley Cyrus is very special because she managed to do something that none of them were able to do. Well, I I think Miley Cyrus is also the only one who had a separate career outside of the character. You know, I mean, the reason why Miley was able to flourish as she did is because of her music. And I've always said Miley Cyrus is kind of like a Madonna, that she's a lot smarter about her image than people give her credit for. Remember when she was in her weird, like, twerking phase? Yeah. And everyone thought, like, oh, this is her Britney moment. She's, like, losing her mind. No offense, Britney. We love Britney. But I think that she was very controlled. I think that was Miley trying to figure out, look, look, I was Hannah Montana for 10 years or whatever and now who am I now like I've got to try some things Yeah, I've got to figure out who this is but I think when I think of Miley it's like okay she was super famous as Hannah Montana and now the name Miley Cyrus like you don't think of you don't see her and say oh it's Hannah Montana you say that's Miley Cyrus and breaking out of that is something that I think in a lot of cases is completely impossible and the fact that she's done that I don't think there's another case where someone was able to do that you mean like a character look if you see Jaleel White in a movie like (laughs) you mean like an iconic character. Yeah. Was, was Hannah Montana that iconic? I feel like I yes. kind of missed. It was huge because my niece is, now she's like 24 maybe. So when she was little, yes. She's up there with more popular than Lizzie McGuire and iCarly and, you know, maybe the, she was up there. She was yeah. very famous. Yeah. Anyways. Sometimes the character gets so powerful that it can destroy your career. And this definitely happened with punk. That must be so hard, right? It must be so hard when the career ends. Another kind of example I was thinking about because I've been watching a lot of Harry Potter is Harry Potter. Like the (laughs) three kids who are in it. I mean, Emma Watson's done a decent job of it. But for the most part, even Daniel Radcliffe, he's been in a million movies. He's always going to be Harry Potter. You say, you literally say, oh, Harry Potter's in this? Yeah. (laughs) Could be good. Could be good. So child stars, it's that child star thing. They spend their childhood pretending to be somebody else so they never really take that time to discover who they are they miss that so when it's over 
they need to figure out what their identity is. And then there's that little period of turmoil, which sometimes gets really dark. You get access to drugs. You've got access to all this money. So yeah. you can really put yourself in some danger. Like if I, I couldn't put myself in that much danger. But I think also the fact of being a child star, it's kind of one of those things where you're cute. I mean, Punky in the first season, she's cute. You know, very she's cute. very cute. Even in season two, as she gets a little bit older, the sass is not as funny when it's coming from a 12 year old. I know. I agree with you that those it's weird. There's a weird jump from season one and season two, she's like a little kid, and then season three and season four, she's like a I'm going to be bigger. honest, I didn't watch any of season three or season oh, okay. four, so, but I am going to say that I did watch the entire new Punky series <laughs> that's just, yesterday. That's dedication. I know. I loved it. I thought it was great. I know you didn't like it. I watched but... episode one and I was like, I think I'm good. <laughs> did you watch episode four? I didn't. I'm sorry, oh. but we, but you, uh, you did. And we can talk about it that way. <laughs> You'll be able to talk about it. So before we get into actual episodes, because we have a few select episodes we want to talk about specifically, I wanted to talk about something I noticed as I'm going through episodes to pick the episodes we're going to okay. watch. Okay. Yep. Just a few of them here. Listen to these episodes and the, the descriptions of the episodes. And you can say, like, this is way out of date. Punky handled some, covered some yes. topics. I noticed that. And one of the things I wrote down is how... They really managed to drive home a lot of humor in a lot of the stuff that she was dealing with. Like, yeah. there would be these horrifying situations, and they're just yucking it up the whole time <laughs> yeah. about it. Yeah. So listen to this one. The KO Kid, Punky asks boxing champ Marvelous Marvin Hagler to help her with a bully. Yeah. So right there. So, so we just get, it grows on that. The guest stars were in seat. They had Buzz Aldrin on there. I saw, I, I can't remember who else. But listen, don't, don't get me started on the Buzz Aldrin episode, because that was an episode about the Challenger tragedy. And the name of the episode was Accidents Happen. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just, I mean, I don't know. So they, they, there's another episode called Baby Buddies, and that's where Punky and Sherry, they start a babysitting service, and they lose a baby in the park. Well, once again, going back to our babysitting episode, this is why you shouldn't allow, well, there were eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I know. Eight-year-olds to babysit. That's not a good idea. You, t- you want to talk about the drug episodes, but just the description of the drug episode, the original one is, Punky and Sherry must take drugs to join the <laughs> club. It's like, okay. And again, we're talking about like eight-year-olds here. I know. The funniest part was it was a group of the preppiest people you've ever seen in yeah. your life. Like, these girls look like they were, which I guess, you know, rich kids t- tend to run in yeah. a little more Oh, we've got, we're, we're going to talk about it for sure. The Gift was an episode where Punky uncovers the genius of a mentally impaired custodian. I watched the first half of that, and they used the R word like four times, and I was like, mm. you know what? I, I, yeah. I don't know. So, you know, I, you know who was watching that episode? Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. It's essentially the plot of Goodwill Hunt. Oh, God. Isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. I only watched half of it. Why? Uh, what yeah. happened? Well, I mean, he's a custodian. It's a woman. And he, Okay. Forget it. So, obviously, you didn't watch it either. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> the, the, the description was enough. <laughs> Wait. Can we talk about the theme song and how much I loved it? I didn't yeah. skip it once. It's and I watched a, a lot of episodes. Yeah. A little fun fact I found out is that the guy that wrote it and sings it is the same guy who sings the Cheers theme song, where everybody knows your name. Okay. I can, I can hear that. Yeah. As, as yeah. soon as you say that, I can hear that. I just... Look that up a minute ago. So. One more episode description. We can get into actual episodes here. Tons of fun. Punky wants her overweight cousin to lose weight. Oh, God. <laughs> now, one of the things I wrote down was about there's a lot of fat shaming in this. And nerd shaming and um, kind of every other kind of shaming that could possibly be. But let's get into these specific episodes. Okay. Now, I think there's no other place to start besides... The, the pilot? F- 
No, I was going to say the fridge episode. <laughs> well, can we talk about the pilot for a second? Sure. So I guess as a kid, you don't really think about these things. But when I watched it this time, my son is the same age as Punky. And I mean, he just had a meltdown because his dinner was wrong, yeah. you know? And I just kept thinking like, I don't think he would survive <laughs> the way she did. But it was so sad to me. The first like 10 minutes, I was like crying the yeah. whole time because I, all I kept picturing was my children. And I guess to be fair, I probably wouldn't leave them outside of a grocery store no. if it hasn't happened yet. It's probably not going right. to. Right. We're not a fire department or something, though. More I know. It was actually, and we'll talk about this, in the new Punky, her mom comes back, and they have a sit-down at a coffee shop, and you kind of, like, find out the logistics of it, which I'll get into okay. when we talk about the actual episode. But her mom was a drunk, basically. Ah. It's interesting that they didn't really wrap up a lot of these episodes. Like, they kind of left it all open-ended. We're, we're talking about the Night Stalker. Yeah. The episode where there's a serial killer running yeah. around Chicago. Urban fear. Urban fear. And at the end, he's just, he get, claims his eighth victim, and that's it. They I, call it yeah, a day. And, that's it. and I think a lot of the stuff, even the stuff with the mom. I said this to you before I watched the new show, and I was like, if this were nowadays, there's no way that her mom wouldn't come back at some point and actually make that into a storyline. And then when I was watching the new episode, which came out two years ago, they had the mom come back. They I was like, it. it's such classic now. You can't leave anything open-ended, you know. It's I just think ridiculous. that's, that's kind of stinks. You know, I like I like the open-endedness and it leaves room for some imagination. Like, yeah. Where do, what do you think happened to the mom? You know, like these yeah. kinds of things. I mean, I'm the kind of person that like, I love when they have like words come on at the end of a movie and tell you exactly what happened to every <laughs> okay. single person for okay. the rest of their See. life. But I did appreciate it. I feel yeah. like it's just a different style of show. They didn't feel the need to like wrap it all up in the way that a full house did where everything ends in a hug. Sometimes it's just like, well, this is what it is. Sometimes it doesn't end in a hug. And it usually right. doesn't end Most in a hug. Most of the time, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about The Fridge, wh- okay. which episode ended this in This was the number one most requested every time someone would bring up Punky Brewster. Now, we should also say, i just like to add this in, that Greg has been wanting to do this episode <laughs> since, I think, your first episode. Yeah. And yeah. then we decided to big instead. Yeah. And people kept requesting, you're like, oh, we probably should have done this for the second episode. But every week it'd be like, all right, we gotta do Punky. We gotta the do Punky. The Fridge episode is so good. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Very convenient that they learned CPR. The first thing in the morning they're learning CPR I mean you, they lean so heavy on CPR in the beginning of this episode it's like I almost felt certified well uh, I was gonna say that I don't actually I've never been certified in CPR yeah. except I think I took a babysitting class in fourth grade where they kind of taught us but I thought it was hilarious how Henry like comes out when they find her in the fridge and he's like Alan do you know CPR and Alan's like six I know Wait, Alan what's up and Alan was being a pill in class and you know kind of getting into it with Mike the whole time who is the most laid back teacher you can like sit yeah. on his desk and they, they hang out they're friends how about mike aka milo i keep wanting to call him milo because he was milo in good morning miss bliss the saved by the bell yes prequel episodes yes yes. and he starts out in the season one finale he runs the fenster hall the orphanage and then in the next episode he mr feeny's it and all of a sudden he's the teacher at the school and it's like okay yeah yeah, (laughs) they barely even explain you you know mike was a long-term resident of fenster hall and i think that's why him and punky have like this really yeah they in one episode i didn't watch it but they look for their moms and I think he finds his. Yeah, Punky doesn't. No. Well, obviously. Okay. 
Fair Susan enough. doesn't come around until she's 43 years old. Susan, yeah. So listen, the kids are playing hide and seek, as you do. And back then, people have to understand fridges and TVs and these appliances lasted forever. So yeah. I guess the way fridges were made were, was that you couldn't open them from the inside. Yeah. And that was that turns out to be very dangerous because Sherry decides. Sherry. Okay. Because <laughs> I, I, I thought it was weird that like it's it's spelled Sherry. Like but it's they, Cherry. They call her Cherry. Okay. Is it? Is it? It's an S H or an S H? No, it's a C H. H-E-R-I-E, but like Sherry O'Terry, that's... I think with the C-H, you hit the hard ch. Well, they do. Okay, good. And I, should, and, and I will too from now on. So, so they're playing hide and seek and Cherry hides in the fridge and no one finds her and they're just like, she's fine. You know? <laughs> well, they're like, they just abandon it, which is awful. And then that voice of her in the fridge saying, help. I'm, yeah. you know, like screaming yeah. and then start panicking. And it's just, the scene is actually pretty intense because it just shows the fridge and Sherry panicking and there's just no one else around. I know, I know. It's kind of scary. I actually, so I think I've mentioned this before that I was severely claustrophobic when I was younger. And I think that this episode actually played into that. Had to have. Amongst the like 12 different times I got locked in places as a child. Which yeah. Is- I remember being young and playing hide and seek and getting into places where you would have to put your trust in someone and be like, don't forget me in here. (laughs) One of my worst nightmares is my kids are going to play hide and seek and someone's going to go in the dryer. Is that? You can get out of the dryer. That's happened before. Does it click? If you turn it on, it locks. Actually, not the dryer. The washing machine will say, because the washing machine locks. Yeah. I feel like they would say something right away. (laughs) You know what I mean? I should start getting I also hate hide and seek, and so I don't think it's an issue that I Well, you know, it's one of the best games going. So, I mean, what else do you have to say about this, the fridge episode, besides it was completely terrifying and we all just want to... We feel validated that someone's finally mentioning it. Yeah. I actually just had somebody send me a message on the way here about it and was like, I'm going to have nightmares tonight. Mm. It, it is. It's it's like the origins of claustrophobia for our generation. Yep. It's very scary. But for me, this wasn't the scariest of Punky episodes. For me, it was Perils of Punky. <laughs> the Perils of Punky. I was more like, did I accidentally take <laughs> mushrooms and not remember? It was like, what wild, is happening? Although wild. halfway through, I did figure out that it was probably her telling a ghost story. Yeah, but the story, I mean, it's intense. So there's, uh, it's a two-parter. Let's mention that because you remember how exciting that was when, or annoying when it would stop halfway through. You're like, you'd be thinking to yourself, they're never going to make it all the way through this episode. And it turns into a two-parter. But when that, when you're there for the part two, beautiful situation, actually. Or you're watching it 20, 30 years later and you can just watch all 48 minutes all at once. Yeah, which is great. But I remember being a little kid and watching this. It came on late. It was at like 8 o'clock at night. And I was sick. It was just me and my mother. And we watched this. And we were both like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) That's exactly what me and Tucker were saying. Um, One thing I did want to mention, I loved how Margot, they were like camping. And they're supposed to be like outdoors. And Margot is dressed like a secretary. (laughs) She's got like nice pressed khakis on as her like play clothes. Margot was great. The character was great. Yeah. She's actually in one of the episodes in the new one. They all came back. Real Margot? Yeah. Not Mrs. Johnson and Henry. Obviously, right. obviously, they're in the same apartment building now. Let me ask you something about uh, Mrs. Johnson and Henry. Any sexual tension? There? I a hundred percent. I said to Tucker, "Do these two end up doing it or anything?" Which they've dabbled. I they think. dabbled. <laughs> yeah. They got drunk one night and really. I guess. <laughs> let me run you. Let me run you through just this. I'm not going to do this for every episode. We're going to treat this more like the music videos. But this one kind of needs you to to know what's going on there. So they're on a camping trip. There's lots of dead trees everywhere, and Punky's noticing that. <laughs> They see a cave. They want to explore it. They get into the cave and there's like these cave drawings and they're, yeah. they're noticing. They're like, oh, is that us? Yeah, and that's weird. <laughs> that's weird. That's us. What's weirder is members of an Indian tribe come into the cave.
cave and explain that there's this dark evil underground and so nothing can can grow. So the, the team, the gang, whatever you want to call them, they're like, all right, well, we'll go on this little mission and try to discover what's going on here and fix it, right? Because yeah. she's punk she's going to do that. There's a fire just lit in the cave. That's, there's a fire just <laughs> lit in the cave. I mean, there's a guy called Mr. Pieces. I don't know why, how, he, how exactly he fits in there, but there's just a guy in pieces and you have to talk to his head. Oh my God, that was really terrifying. I actually was going to say that this episode is just all of my fears compounded together. It's like from the kid's angle, like being abandoned, not being able to find my parents, having to be in a cave, all the other stuff that happens. And then also from the parents' perspective of losing your kids on a camping oh my God, trip. And like, it was just one horrifying thing after Just don't go camping, I guess. There's a giant spider. That's everyone's sort of fear. And this, and so they're going along and then the spirit starts to taunt Punky and... That was really scary. Yeah, like Henry's not going to be your dad and <laughs> your friends don't really like you. And then your friends... Get, like wicked abandonment issues. The friend, yeah, exactly. So it's like really playing to her fears, which is dark for a kid's yep. show. Yep. And her friends start disappearing until it's just her alone. She's like, all I want is my friends back. And the spirit sends them, but messed up. Like yeah. Margo's a skeleton. Yeah. Alan's that got weird thing. The, he's one of the broke apart people. He's a broke apart person, Alan. Yeah. He's got weird <laughs> eyes and everything. And, and, How and, about the evil spirit at the end that's bejeweled? Did you notice that? Yes. He, he looked exactly like Britney Spears in the toxic video. Oh my God. Yes, he did. <laughs> he's got yeah. like literal rhinestones all over him. I'm like, this is a very weird vibe. Or maybe he's like Twilight vampire vibe to kind it. Kind of, too, yeah. You know? But then a tomahawk appears on nowhere and Punky kills it. The tomahawk, that it was funny because my kids had given me my Mother's Day presents right before I watched this and Dylan had taken a bunch of rhinestones and made like a mom sign and the tomahawk was bedazzled almost exactly like the mom sign that Dylan had given really? me. Really? <laughs> Beautiful tomahawk. And then we I remember there being like a punky as a little Indian girl. Yeah. Which you is, know. Is that but what was that? Was, oh she was like thanking Punky, like I They do that in movies sometimes where they like show themselves as like a spirit kind of thing. Okay. All right. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a good one. I want to say that Punky is a lot braver than me, I've noticed. I'm really more of a Margot, which I know you're going to make fun of because <laughs> yeah. she's the little rich girl, and yeah. I know you think I was a yeah. little rich girl. I mean, uh, but... we know that you're more. <laughs> I mean, you didn't have to say that. I mean more in that, like, I'm very weak, and okay. I don't do things that are scary. Because and other people do them for you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, your staff. <laughs> I did have play clothes, though. I was not running around in khakis, that's for sure. I feel like that's a rich thing to say. <laughs> That I had play clothes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it really is. Let me put on my play shoes. Oh, my, well, that's nice. That my you mom made them out of the curtains, like okay. sound of music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So let's do the next one. Henry falls in love. Henry falls in love. This was a two-parter also. Two-parter. So, so I don't know if it deserved to be a two-parter. But what happens is Henry gets together with his rich high school sweetheart. Can we right? talk about this? They get together because she comes into his photography studio and asks for a passport picture because she's going out of town the next day to Europe. That's not how passports work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. can't. Take a passport yeah. picture and then have your passport the next day. And she's like, I'm making a like, fake passport. I considered going on a trip to Jamaica or something last year in like April yeah. to go in November. And they were like, you're probably not going to get a passport. You can't just go to JCPenney and get no. it. I, mean, I don't even think that's a thing anymore, probably. <laughs> no, there is. I get all my kids' photos done at JCPenney. Oh, photo cool. Photography studio. Oh, that's still a thing. That makes me feel good. Yeah, it's, it's like 20 bucks. So anyways, Punky says she needs to take off because she doesn't want to split them up. Because Maggie, who is the woman, thinks it's a good idea that Punky goes and stays in a boarding house. I feel like boarding school boarding is... School. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> boarding school. Boarding school was like a real big threat for like children in the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. Military and school too. It's almost like if you have a stepmom, she's going to try to send you to boarding school. Depending on your socioeconomic status, yeah. you're either going to military school or boarding school. <laughs> or how well behaved you are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I but. feel like boys went to military school a lot. Yeah. Bill and Ted. Yeah. So she does run away as you do when you're punky. Yeah. And sh- the first place she goes is a junkyard. As one does. Yeah. And, and I think that this kind of sends the wrong message too because she's in there, she's walking around, she falls asleep in the snow, which is like a reverse Wizard of Oz yeah. situation there. But then she finds this tent and it's nice and warm, but it's obviously someone's in there. Yeah. And she's like, oh, this will be good. This should probably work out fine. <laughs> and it does, which is a really bad message because if there's a tent in a, a junkyard and you're a little girl. Yeah. Don't go in it. No. It's kind of like if there's a fire in a cave, something bad is probably (laughs) going to happen. So, like, she goes in there and that homeless guy is, like, a really good guy and he, like, takes care of her. But did you know that's her brother? No. In real life, that's her brother. I noticed Uh, it watching Kid 90. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. That's him. I I saw that the brother was in it. Um, Yeah. She's actually, I'm going to say, a very lucky little girl. Very lucky little girl. Two out of two times that a random man has found her somewhere, it's worked out for the best. Yeah. And Henry has all the hallmarks. I hate to say it. I mean, that could have ended bad. Yeah. (laughs) It for sure could. like in the vacant apartment. I mean, it's like, geez, dude. (laughs) Did you watch one plus tutor equals three? I didn't actually. I wanted to, but then I started to get real into... Big punky. The new punky. New punky, right. So, well, that's just... It's really not a big miss. The only reason why I dove in a little bit, because I knew Zach Morris was in yeah. it. Yeah. And we were talking about how funny it is that Zach Morris was on Punky, and then Punky ended up being on Saved by the Bell, selling tomato sauce with Screech to <laughs> get fine diamonds and jewels. How old was she in that? I think it was like in her 16, 17. Okay. They showed it in Kid 90 when Zach saw her and was like, oh, hubba hubba, because yeah. she was punky boobster at that oh, point. Oh, yeah. I know. I know. I, we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. really sad, actually. It was really sad. But the in this episode, it's like she's very boy crazy all of a sudden. So this is the only episode we talk about from the later seasons, which I think are the earlier seasons are what I think of yeah. when I think of Punky Brewster. But so let's move on back to another little punky episode. Love Thy Neighbor. Did you watch this? I did. Yeah. All right. Halloween episode. Yeah. Gotta love those. Anytime there's a Halloween episode in a sitcom, I I feel... Any kind of special episode. Yeah. Any kind of holiday episode, <clears throat> I love. Love a holiday episode. What did you think about um, this one? I thought it was good. I thought it was pretty funny, the, like, glow up at the end. So this is the one where Punky says she's going to play a trick on her neighbor. Because mm-hmm. her neighbor is a real cranky old lady. Yeah. And maybe a witch. Maybe not. We but was they, they knock on the door and they, she answers it with a broom. So it's like <laughs> a, a little on the nose there. She has, like, a no trespassing sign yeah. on her apartment door to, like, prevent people from coming trick-or-treating and she ends up borderline almost kidnapping the dog i couldn't figure out well this... punky shows up with uh the shaving cream in a bag and she's yeah. gonna like do this trick where you you stomp on the bag and all the shaving cream goes into someone's apartment which they just taught you know a million kids how to like yeah. terrorize their neighbors by doing that I then was wondering if it would actually work i know i want to try is it. there enough space under your door we could try it <laughs> We both just looked at the door. <laughs> we could totally try it. But Alan redeems himself in this episode by doing that thing where it's like a, a Sandlot thing where he's like, oh, she's a witch. She, You remember yeah. that boy that yeah. hit the baseball in her yeah. house? Yeah. He's gone. Yeah. And they're like, I thought you moved away. And she's like, no, 
that's just what they want you to believe. Whoever they is. <laughs> Can we talk about the one with the race car? I can't remember the name of it. I didn't see that one. So okay, talk so about she entered this contest where the prize was a tea set or a remote control car. And they thought Punky was a boy name, which is interesting. Yeah. So they end up sending her the remote control car. So the amount of misogyny in this episode, Henry's like, absolutely not. You can't build that. Don't open it. We have to return it. And she's like, why can't I build it? He's like, that's a boy car. And then she finally builds it and does an excellent job. So then she decides that she wants to go race it at the track with Alan and all of his friends because one of his friends has a racetrack in his backyard that his dad built. And she goes there and no girls allowed. The dad's like, what is wrong with you? Absolutely not. So she goes back and she's like, Henry, can you like come and help me do this? And he's like, no way. I don't want you hanging around at the racetrack with a bunch of hooligans. (laughs) And it's literally like her like Like nine-year-old neighbor. (laughs) They keep keep talking about it like she's going to the track. (laughs) And then she ends up beating all the boys. There was one thing I kind of wanted to talk about with... Which is a great message in the 80s. Which is a great message in the 80s. But this is kind of what I was thinking about. So this show came on at the time that we talked about this in the Judy Bloom episode, the conservative renaissance. Yeah. The conservative... 80s, Reagan years. Yeah, the Reagan years. And it almost felt like a lot of times, like there was an episode where a boy wanted to be her valentine and kissed her on the cheek and she didn't want him to and she punched him in the face. And by the end of the episode, everyone's like, you may not like boys today, but you will eventually. Mm -hmm. And like, it feels like she wanted to be this independent, like she had this independent streak and she wanted to be this really independent, strong woman. And the show kind of puts her back into her place a lot. Yeah. It's almost like she learned her lesson of like, don't turn down boy, you know? Maybe you're tapping into like why it resonated with so many people. There is something so, for boys and girls, like there's something so like you can be whatever you want. Like you don't have to fit into the social, you don't have to wear the same color shoes. Yeah. Well, I actually want to talk about that also, the multicolored outfits. But I just felt like it was kind of, not obviously it's the time, but it did seem like you could see how they were constantly trying to like Mm. kind of put her back into submission. But this is them pushing the envelope in the 80s. I know, know? I know. With the clothes I want to talk about, the multicolored sneakers, Mm. you have to buy two pairs of sneakers. I know. Like, I thought of the same thing. <laughs> I thought of the same exact thing. I'm like, that I'm like, is, you're acting is a little snide. expensive. Like, yeah. You're piecing together clothing so you have like two different shirt sleeves. But if you think about it like this, oh, that's true. But like with the shoes, if you those shoes will wear out, and then you got the other two. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know what that's I mean? True. Those other two, like just sit in the box waiting for Maybe that's what she could get. Maybe she like found them in like dumpster outside of a shoe store. Yeah, these are on sale because they don't match. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I'll take it. Also, have you seen my mom? Okay, yeah. that's true. <laughs> Has anyone seen my mom? All right, let's get into the Just Say No, I Know You Want To. Um, yes, the drugs. So I, I remember love- this episode really well. Actually, I didn't think I was going to, but when those, what do they call those girls? Valley girls, I guess? The chicklets. The chicklets. When they sh- <laughs> when they show up, I'm like, oh, sh-. like it, it was visceral. Like I was like, I oh my God, remember. I, re- I'm I completely honest, remember it. The only thing I remembered about this show was the fridge. I didn't remember any of the other. I actually remember once they did an exercise one where they did fish faces. Yeah. And that's supposed to help your double chin. And yeah, I yeah, actually yeah. think for they a long broke time. broke Henry's camera in that episode. Yes. For a long time, I thought that that really worked. <laughs> I can't even do it. Maybe that explains a lot. They become members of the Chicklets. Yeah. Because of their awesome treehouse, which yeah. is really awesome. I mean, and once they're in this group, once they're initiated, the, the thing that you have to do to make it official is you just have to do some drugs. Like, let's yeah. party. You got to do drugs. So they, they have this pill bottle and it's filled with Every kind of drug oh you can God. ever imagine. Grass, <laughs> nose candy. They had like Coke. Uppers, they downers. Had- so it's like everyone take one. We're all going to have a very different experience. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
You know what I mean? Like I, some one person is doing coke and the other person is doing sedatives and like what is going on here? I think I know. there's like pink. I don't even know. I couldn't. There I could name pills, name. Yeah, there was, it was just there was a little bottle filled uppers, with powder. Yeah, fair like, enough. And these girls, they couldn't have been more than eleven years old. No, and they just have this <laughs> full like. One of the funny things I did enjoy was in Kid Ninety when they kind of juxtaposed her doing drugs in the videos with her being on TV talking about just saying no and how she like doesn't do drugs and everything and it's so true it reminded me a lot of Johnny Dakota in the Saved by the Bell episode Johnny Dakota no do you remember the Saved by the Bell episode when the star shows up to shoot an anti-drug commercial and he falls in love with Kelly and then she goes to a party and there's a joint being passed around and (sighs) it's basically heroin (laughs) no I really want to do an episode on drugs I mean we are kind of right now no we 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 gotta go go a little deep she does she makes a stand which is important because Punky's always making a stand and she's like no we're not gonna be in it we're gonna start our own club called the Just Say No Club Which, you know, and if, then, if that sets kids up to be like that nerd. the footage that they had of the Just Say No Club was real. Because she said her name was Soleil Moonfry. Yeah. She's like in parades. Next thing you know, like, yeah. this club is really doing well. Yeah. It's, it's much better than the Chicklets. <laughs> it's actually the inspiration for Dare. <laughs> it, it, it is, right? Like, that's yeah. that whole thing. Like, yeah. Punky was a force. Yeah. But God, tell me about the new one. So you, new I know one, you want us to... I know. It was really funny. I don't know how you watch I that actually, show. Well, you know what? It reminded me a lot of Fuller House. And I'm going to be honest with you, Greg. Fuller House, yeah. the 90210 reboot. I've done them all. I've, I watched the 90210 reboot for like seven seasons, okay? Tucker and I both did, actually. So um, I, you're making a really good point here. Because like Fuller House, I actually... I was thinking about this too. Home Improvement, the new Fresh Prince. They're all trying to... There was a new Home Improvement? Yeah, kind of. There was. Yeah, it's like Tim. It's I. I really think there was. Oh, a, man, man of that. But I, I honestly, they, I think they tried Home Improvement again too. Oh. But all these things, they're trying okay. to do them all again, and the they're trying to like recapture this lightning in a bottle, which is really hard yeah. to do. Like we know how hard that is. Like sometimes we'll have a conversation and we'll be going, and I'll be like, oh, what a waste, right? I know. But you can't do that. You can't just like bottle that up and try it again. What What is it about the '90s that? Like now in these, you know, 2020, 2022, 2023, we're not capable of making new things. Well, I think also part of it is like the lack of cell phones, I hate to say, and Mm -hmm. like the lack of technology. It was just such an innocent time. They talked about in Kid 90. Watching it, I remember thinking as I was watching it, I'm so glad that I got to grow up in this time where my best friend and I made tapes of ourselves and they went nowhere and they're gone forever. (laughs) Like I do not have it on the internet (laughs) for the world to see, you know. No, so the drug episode in the new mm. one. All right, so she finds a joint in her daughter's jewelry box. So it's a whole thing where they're like freaking out about it. She thinks it's the girl's boyfriend. So Freddie Prince Jr. is the ex-husband wow, in the show. Yeah. I was super yeah, excited cool. to see him. The joint had fallen out of FPJ's guitar case. So it was actually the dad's joint, which I thought was hilarious. That is hilarious. <laughs> but the fact that they put Freddie Prince Jr. in this is like, how much 90s nostalgia can we squeeze I into love it. I, I love it. I know you do. I, I, but it's like, is it cheap? They, like, they might as well put like a koosh ball well, on the like, table and put some I mean, Oakley's on. I, I think he seems like a good guy. He's been married to Sarah Michelle Geller for 20 who years. I'm a big fan of. Yeah. Aren't we all? Yeah. And I want him to succeed. And realistically, what else is he going to be in? I mean, he was in a Christmas rom-com with Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. And the um, underrated Summer Catch. Yeah. I, really Summer like Catch. I actually almost watched Summer Catch for our baseball episode. <sighs> I wish you would have mentioned it. Well, like you know, a really good one. We'll do another one. All right. But I have one more episode that I want to talk about. Actually, I have two episodes. There was an episode where DJ Tanner 
was their neighbor, and they ended up finding out she was on a milk carton because she was a victim of domestic kidnapping, which I may have just made that term up, but it's because her parents were getting divorced. Yeah. And her dad took off with her. That actually happened on my street growing up on Sales (laughs) Ave. They they told stories that, uh, you can ask John Eric about this, they told stories, told us all that there was a kidnapper in the neighborhood. And this almost had the reverse effect of an urban legend because we were like, no, there wasn't. It was like, the, like what was it? Like maybe 10 years ago, those kids were returned. It was really? a true story. So it, it happened was like on sales the dad? Out. The dad took off, yeah. It took the kids and never brought them back. Yeah. I mean, you know. It happens. And it does happen. No, I really liked the new show. I watched all 10 episodes yesterday, which was wild. It's a lot. I know. I was like watching it as I was doing the dishes on my phone. So you recommend it? Well, I yeah. I mean, I thought they did a really good job job do not watch it with your kids by the way because there was a lot of sexual innuendos and some just blatant outright sex talk (laughs) i almost like waited for my kids to get home from school to watch it and i was like "Mm, i don't think so but they handle a lot of like issues in one episode the youngest son on the show is a little bit gender fluid kind of like paints his nails and in one episode he wears a sarong to school and some kids make fun of him and his brother like beats the kids up and they kind of wonder about his gender identity but like, like what's so wrong with this yeah exactly but like they handle things in a good way that I think a lot of shows nowadays do where it's kind of explains it to the kids but isn't like in your it, face. There's a little bit of a switch like so in the 80s they they would do the oh there's a murderer in the neighborhood they would do the drugs but they would stay away from sexual stuff and I I don't know I almost feel like today we allow too much sexual stuff. Yeah I gotta be honest yeah. I watch a lot of shows at the gym I don't really want to watch sex I, scenes I, on I, TV I shows always, anymore. You know what I mean? Are we, maybe, are we getting old? Is that, is that what's happening? Sometimes I fast forward through the sex okay, scenes. Okay already. <laughs> in the new series. She's divorced from FBJ. He's a rock star. Yep. AKA, he's in a band. Yeah. Doesn't seem like he's... No hit wonder. <laughs> yes, exactly. And she has her daughter with him. They adopted two younger kids. And in the first episode, she meets this little girl at Fenster Hall. Cherry actually is on the show and she works at Fenster Hall. And she's like, oh, she really reminds me of you. And so Punky ends up taking her in. And the whole thing is she's the Henry now, but yeah. she's also not. And yeah. I mean, she's definitely a lot different than how Henry was. She talks to Henry like a schizophrenic, though. She just, like, talks to him out loud in, <laughs> in the middle of the yes, like, room. Yes, she does. There was a few things, like, the little girl sleeps in her bed. Sleeping. The new little girl? The new little girl. You're 100% not allowed to share yeah, a bed with that, your foster yeah, child. Yeah. That's, like, one of the main rules <laughs> yeah, you yeah. definitely cannot do. And I think there's good reasons for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like I said, the mom comes back into the fold and the last episode. It's Sharon Lawrence, by the way, for anyone who... That's the mom's name? No, that's the actress. Oh, what's the mom? Oh, Susie some... Susan Brewster. Oh, okay. okay. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Her. How come Punky was never at Punky Warnamon? I don't know. <laughs> Warnamon? I actually like the last name Warnamon. Yeah, me too. So give us anything else you got about this new one, because I don't know if, to me, it was just, maybe it's because I've seen too much of it. It's just forced nostalgia. You know, Tony Soprano famously says, remember when is the lowest form of conversation. And we can't really say that because that's exactly what we're doing here. <laughs> that's what our entire podcast is about. But I, but I think it's somehow different commenting on it besides than, to be than fair, recreating it. Tony Soprano is not really our target demographic. No, no, it's so. not. <laughs> so I think we're okay on that. No, I liked it. I think if you liked Fuller House, you know, yeah. it You'll is what love it is. Punk- I plowed through it. I wouldn't have watched all 10 episodes. If the name's just Punky Brewster again, though. I think it's It's Punky Brewster. Okay, well. I think so. I saw that on something. It's Punky Brewster, still. Um, another thing I wanted to mention was in the season one finale of the first one, they had the Fenster Hall. Did you watch that one? No. Where there's a little boy who breaks into Punky's apartment and they end up taking him to Fenster Hall. Apparently, you can just bring a kid into 
the orphanage and drop them off there. Yeah. I don't know. If give them some porridge or whatever. I didn't, I don't even know. Do orphanages yeah. exist still? Uh, yes. They do? Still Are they like for that. how they, well, yeah, they're, I figured. They're not like Oliver Twist. They're more like Fenster. They definitely don't call them orphanages. No, no, no. For sure. But I was watching it and there was a ton of stuff at Fenster Hall and I was like, I wonder if they were trying to make a spinoff of this because like more than half the I think the they episode, did try a spinoff. And it was. I yeah. looked it up on Wikipedia that it actually was. But I think Fenster Hall was also a little bit of a wildly unrealistic portrayal of what these things were like. Like, mm. I don't think you were all like best buds hanging out. No, it's horrific. Yeah. Yeah, in most cases. Not, I mean, well, we try to make it as best we can, but. I can't even imagine sleeping in a room with other people like that. How do you ever get sleep? I was on a boat with people stacked like sardines oh all around I went, me. I went on one boat trip where I had to sleep on a boat mm. overnight and I got so claustrophobic down there <laughs> that I ended up going and laying down on the... You would have made a hell of a sailor. <laughs> I would have uh, been, We really missed I out on you. I would have been awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's not for me. So if, if in my mind New Punky was kind of a misfire, I think Kid 90, the documentary on Hulu, was almost a masterpiece in a sense. Until the I, end. You didn't like it. I disagree. Really? I did not think it was that good. Oh, wow. I, I think there was a lot of potential there. I Loved all the nostalgia. I loved the first like thirty to forty-five minutes. Yes, okay. where it I'm went into that. a lot of it all the thrills. you know. You had Mark Paul Gossler there, Stephen Dorff. I just felt like it wasn't edited together very well. Yeah, it was very hard to follow. Like they would talk about someone, but then they wouldn't label the people that were talking. So sometimes Who's there was that? this whole part with they were talking about Justin Pierce, the kid that was in Kids. Yeah. And the guy that was talking about it, I thought was Justin Pierce, like now. And then after 10 minutes of talking about it, they were like, and then he died. You didn't know that? There's a lot of death in this. Well, yeah, there was a lot of death in it. But I just felt like they could have labeled it better. A lot of it was just video of them being drunk. Well, because it's, for me, I liked it because it's like, we talked about in the beginning that Punky lost her identity when she lost Punky. Yeah. So she has to try to discover who she is and she wants this chance to become whoever she it is that she's supposed yep. to be. And so this distraction's gone. But now all of a sudden there's this new thing that's becoming her identity and it's like she's got huge boobs, I, I guess. Know. And it's like I was thinking how we were talking about in the Judy Bloom episode. Like yeah. is it better to have boobs or to not have boobs? Oh, and man. I, I felt so bad because now everyone isn't seeing this identity I'm trying to create. They're seeing boobs. Yeah. And that's not fair either. She's a real surgery. Laura Danker. She's a danker. <laughs> she's a it's really sad. Can I say something gross? Maybe. I mean, All right. I mean, I'm see, tell me, yeah, let me know. <laughs> I remember being young and hearing, obviously it was a very well-known thing that... Being breast a, reduction? Yeah, being a teenager, being like, why would you ever do that? Well, that's not gross. I know, but it's like, it feels, as a, as an older person now, I feel as like... As a girl, you even think that, because it's like, all you want is boobs. Yeah. But then when you have them, that's all it becomes, like all you are. Yeah, like, you, people make assumptions about you based on, like, your biology. That's kind of messed yeah. up. It's like what Justin Bieber always says. That, yeah. Like, he doesn't know who actually likes him or who likes him for the celebrity. That essentially yeah. is Salil Moonfry. Also Machiavelli. Oh. Not just Justin Bieber. <laughs> oh, sorry. He talks a lot about that stuff. So, but she wanted to get, she wanted to start getting serious roles, but the only roles that she could find were roles as like, you know, a sexualized character now. Like in The Wonder Years, she's the girl that makes, yeah. you know, what was his name in the show? In The Wonder Years? Kevin? I know, Kevin. She, he, fall, he sees like her boobs and then like, falls out of the boat. And it's yeah. like, oh man, can you imagine that? Like just being 13 and, and this is what I'm known for. I certainly have never made anyone fall out of a boat. <sighs> I mean, I fell out of the boat, but I don't think it was... <laughs> Due to someone's boobs. Yeah, no. I want to talk about her parents a little okay. bit. First of all, her dad was a famous actor. Does that make her a Nepple baby? Maybe Absolutely. a little bit. Maybe yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Her what, mom... What was the famous actor? I don't know. He was friends with... I can't remember who she said. She. Yeah. They showed a picture of him with like... 
Marlon Brando or something oh, okay. like that. Okay. He was old timey. Yeah, but I think he was kind of a loser though. Okay. That's a vibe I got that like yeah. he wasn't that cool. Her he had a mom, ponytail. Well, she said that he wasn't really around that much. Okay. Do you think her mom was a cool mom or Her mom was absolutely a cool mom. But like was she a cool but mom in the bad way. like a like a Jackie Taylor cool mom or like She was a cool mom and like as long as you're, you know, tripping on mushrooms in my living room, I'm okay. <laughs> but she said her mom didn't really know a lot about the drugs though. So I'm thinking maybe her mom was it actually a good mom. I do think that the parents aspect of it yeah. is a big factor in like whether or not these child stars make it through unscathed and like it seems like she had a good mom that like seemed to be there and i think that's a huge thing i think that's why like taylor swift and beyonce and a lot of these people who were famous relatively young end up doing okay because their parents were there 24 7 the the support system is everything like we i mean ptsd didn't exist until there wasn't until until people were coming home from wars when (laughs) when and people were like ew like spitting on you and stuff like that but i i I read this article once where like native americans never had ptsd because they came home to such fanfare and the the warriors and the tribe were so respected and treated with such honor that they that that trauma really didn't affect them. And yeah. this is kind of the same thing. If you have like such a great support system, you are going to be developing an identity. You're not just, it's going to be made clear to you that this is just a job. Like, yeah. you, you... I think where it comes into play is if you start taking care of your family. Yeah. So like, like I said, Beyonce and Taylor Swift, both of them were both kind of rich growing yeah. up. So yeah. their parents weren't dependent on them making money to like survive. Whereas Justin Bieber, his mom was, and Lindsay Lohan, and you know, those parents really made their children career their income and I think that's where you start to get into messes you up a little bit it seems like she I don't know I mean it's hard to say but she seems like she came through it does I mean I don't know we don't know how long because she disappeared forever but but it's like it must have been a really hard long you know transition going from being America's sweetheart literally everyone in the world loves you she must have had such a strong ego and then all of a sudden it's gone and she has to realize that it wasn't her that everyone loved it was yeah. this character she created and what does that mean for her well, I think I, that's just anything, a hard thing I think even you know I remember watching the documentary about the Jonas Brothers and they were talking about how it was so crazy because you'd go on stage and have hundreds of thousands of people screaming at you and then you just leave and you're all by yourself and like they were good because they had each other they yeah. had their brothers with them that's but you have abs- someone like yeah. a britney spears or a justin bieber that's it's kind of like how do you even trust people like what would you you can't go to the mall you can't go out and do things how do you trust people is do- a good point like because everyone's just telling you what you want to hear yeah and what does that create i know you know because once people aren't doing that anymore because they don't give a shit about you anymore but one thing i found very interesting about kid 90 was the people that she was hanging out with and i have a little list yeah. here of the people oh, she- so i mean good. steven dorf Steven Dorf. I, mean, well, I was thinking about him he's a hot in dude. the Aerosmith video. He was in, I think, Crazy? He's a good looking guy. Or Crying. I think he was in... I crying. feel like cigarettes helped him, too. I, I kind of give him that weather You know how we look. feel about cigarettes. Yeah, We're like the number one advocate. Yeah. yeah. Love them. I mean, <laughs> we don't do, even you, smoke. You do look cool. <laughs> Zach. Uh, uh, Mark Paul Gaz. Yeah. I... Uh, He's Johnny Depp. She's hanging out with Johnny Depp. I know. <laughs> Jonathan Brandis, which is also very sad. Did I mean, you, he played a huge did role. Did you feel bad about how much you were hating on Jonathan Brandis while you were watching this in the Never Ending Story episode? Because I felt bad. Yeah. For you. Like, he felt like a sweetheart, but... He seemed like a really nice guy. He was very lonely. I could see here you depressed. are. I can see Just talking depressed. about him being I a dick. Know. Well, he was a dick in the show. I guess he's a good actor. He's a good actor. <laughs> So, Robin Thicke. Robin Thicke was on there? Oh, yeah. I don't think I saw that. It's Alan Thicke's son, so he just kind of squeezed himself in there. Did you ever hear about him, how he got caught cheating on his wife because someone took a picture of him with a fan and there was a mirror behind them oh, and no. he was grabbing onto her ass, <laughs> yeah. like, up her skirt, and that's how, like, his wife found out and divorced him. Oh, uh, what a guy, huh? Sarah Gilbert. She was big at the yeah. time. 
DiCaprio. Jenny Lewis. Do you remember her? The little redheaded girl from Troop Beverly Hills? Yes. Yeah, she was in that. That's, oof, that's, that's an episode. Yeah. Corey Feldman, David Arquette. She dated Wahlberg. Yeah. She dated Danny Boy O'Connor, the House of Pain guy. She's hanging out with Is Mi- his name really Danny Boy? Or do you think that's a stage name? That's got to have something to do with like, really playing his, his middle Irish name? stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how about the creepy Charlie Sheen messages? Hi, Soleil. It's Charles. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he's 29. He's talking yeah, like he's... Yeah, he's 29. She was 18, so that was a little sketchy. So, he, so, so you want to talk about this. Yeah, so I want to talk about the sexual her, assault. Let's get Charlie Sheen's name out of this for, for whatever reason, because he didn't sexually assault her. He was technically the one who she considered losing her virginity. Her first yeah. consensual, but... 29, there, 18, I know 29 and 18, and there was that whole thing that Corey Feldman came out and said that he assaulted Corey Haim. That was Sheen? Yeah, that on the set of The Outsiders, maybe? Maybe. When they worked together, he said that he, like, sexually assaulted. Wow, I did not Corey know about Hame. that. We have to do the Corys, then. Yeah, we gotta yeah. do the Corys, yeah. for sure. Even though I mentioned it, and you said, Feldman's the better one. I said, yeah. Hame. Hame was the cuter one. Stand by it. I know. But we can still talk about Hame. Okay, of course. So before that, though, she said that it was someone that she was dating, and that... She was, like, almost ready. She was 16, 17 years old. She was almost ready to lose her virginity. But then when it came time, she realized at the last second she wasn't ready. And he just went ahead and did it anyway. Her and he was a real jerk about it after. And he was a jerk about it He was like, how after. does it feel to lose your virginity? But he wouldn't even look at her. Like, <sighs> it, was, it was gross. Who is it? So I have two contenders. Okay. Now, she was 16, 17 when she dated Mark Wahlberg. Oh, no. And... Yeah, I know. But I'm kind of thinking because she mentioned him in it and showed the pictures of them dating, I kind of don't think it was him. The other person she was dating around that time was Edward Furlong, who is part of the Pussy Posse, a.k.a. Leonardo DiCaprio. He strikes me as someone, he's a little lapdog following Leo around, and he strikes me as somebody, I hate to speculate. I hate to speculate too, but also love to. Yeah. (laughs) And when I think- Why we're here. When I think, I, I just, I have an affinity for- all things Wahlberg. First, starting with Donnie. Well, I mean, you know about the Asian guy that he assaulted, right? He like, like beat him up. He blinded him okay, in yeah. one eye and went to jail for it. Mm-hmm. And then he had another one where he like chased some black kids around, throwing rocks at them, and was arrested for that also. And this was right around that time. Mm. I'm kind of got the feeling, and the fact that she didn't mention Edward Furlong and he wasn't in any of the footage. I know. To me, although if you're, if you're making something in in 2020, do you really, are we really putting Furlong in it? I mean, I mean, what's Dorf doing? You know, I don't. Dorf was in a, a season of True Detective. Really? Yeah, Dorf is. I mean, Dorf's Dorf, out there. Dorf's cool. Talented. How about David Arquette? He didn't look very good in that. Uh, that's right, David Arquette. Yeah. he was too. talking about how he did heroin, but he only smoked it. Yeah, so, so he's like, that was fine. NBD. I heard, can you take it in pill form? I, I personally have never done heroin, so I don't really have a lot of experience. I don't know all the forms that it comes in. <laughs> I, I, I'm familiar with the, I know the you injection can, form. I, I know you can smoke it. It was really heartbreaking, but I thought it was really cool when she was talking to Mark Paul Gosselaar about the experience. Mm. And I was thinking how cool it was that they have this bond that nobody else can really kind of connect with. Like, yeah. Because even if you're famous later on, or you became an adult and were famous, and that kind of thing, it's still, it's completely different than being a teenager. And like I said before, just watching it, I was just like, I'm so glad that I got to experience life like this. The feeling of like going out and not having to worry about somebody taking a picture of mm. you. I mean, it's, you can't even imagine. I know. And, kids are, and no one will never going to get that. Unless, you know, everything collapses and we go off the grid. But yeah. that's, you know. But even then, the even then it'll be like the zombie apocalypse for <laughs> yeah. that to happen. And that could be a good time. One day we'd be <laughs> nostalgic for that. So I know that you wanted to mention 
mention, and maybe it slipped your mind, Brian Austin Green. Oh, B.A.G. Hmm. B.A.G. I was I was going to say that um, this is the second episode we've been able to discuss mm. David Silver rapping, and I hope not the last. <laughs> no, no, <careful. laughs> no, I thought I just, you know. He was always really depressed about how that was record sales <laughs> just sitting up was, the roof. I grew up listening to hip hop, so of course I made yeah. a hip hop yeah. album. Yeah. It's like, oh, David. Yeah. I just uh, was it good? Was there anything good on it? Was there anything that mainstream song? Did anything come out? Yeah, no. But he did have a song that I don't know if it was a real single, but it came out on the show on 90210 in like season seven or eight that he wrote for Donna, but Valerie thought it was for her. And I actually, it was a jam, and I totally listened to it. Is that the one that he like plays in front of everyone? Yeah, yeah. You know what it kind of R and B ish. Do you remember when Garth Brooks went through his Chris Gaines phase, and he had that weird kind of I don't even know the way to describe it. It kind of reminds me that a little bit. So that's an example of people getting so famous where like people just tell them everything they do is a good idea. <laughs> Chris Like, Gates. listen. I think I actually looked that up the other day and I think it was supposed to be part of a movie it that was. he was going to. I remember that. Wait, just talking about that right then. I thought it would be a great episode for the podcast was fake songs and TV shows that we love. Do you know what I mean? Like, pretty good. Like Friends Forever from Say by the Bell when they had the band. Can we do movies too? Yeah, we can do, do anything. That, yeah. Like, just not real songs, but... So the own the O-Neaters would make that. The O-Neaters. That thing I know, do. we already talked about them on an episode. That All right, right well... Yeah, you know? I guess Brian Austin Green is fair game for every episode, but I can only mention Tom Hanks <laughs> should once. I, should I add in the clip from the last one I have of him rapping? <laughs> yeah, you should. You should. But I, I think know. I think we did a pretty good job of Punky here. I think this is... Um, I think that's it for me. That's so, it for me too. if you guys are liking what you're hearing, please... Please rate and review. And if you don't like what you're hearing, send us a personal message and we will see what we can do. <laughs> Wait, as a side note, I just want to let you guys know that next week I am going to a mega mall, the American Dream, and I'm going to let you guys know how it was. Please send so. pictures and post them. <laughs> I absolutely will. will. All right. We will see you next week. Every time I turn around, her spirit's lifting me right off the ground. It's bigger than me. Just wait and see.